In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's February 3rd, 2014, and you're listening to episode 86 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And this week we're coming to you from our movie trailers and awesome commercials party. And it keeps getting interrupted by some sport activity game. I know! I keep having to mute it whenever they're not showing the movie trailers. Come on. Dang. Ugh. Why do they keep interrupting with this crap? Who cares? Oh, I don't know. Not like anybody else is going to be watching it. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Networks, I swear. <laughs> How is everybody doing? Are you surviving the winter? Because guess what? It is still winter. Did you really need a groundhog to tell you that? Australian and New Zealand listeners and pretty much any other listener that's south of the equator, I hate you right now. (laughs) You know, my mother traveled up on Saturday to Ottawa. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God is right. Oh, God. She sent me pictures of them de-icing the plane. For anybody who doesn't know, my my parents live in the Caribbean. She is chaperoning on a high school exchange trip. Oh, yeah. She's she's having fits. Yeah. She doesn't like the cold. Yeah, they were supposed to go rock climbing and snowshoe hiking. Not gonna happen. No, not gonna happen. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Shall we get into... Let's go into Adventures in Knitting. Yep. I am now at the toe Ooh. of the second zip- zipper sock. I should have finished this ages ago, but life kept getting in the way. And now I am determined, see, because I have what somebody once called Wilma Flintstone feet. Mm-hmm. They're little, and then they just get cut off at the end. They don't really have much of a taper. Mm-hmm. So my toe uh, decreases are not really that deep. It's pretty shallow. Yeah. But they fit. Yay! So they're for my feet. So I just have... Which means you're going to keep them, right? Yes. I, I doubt these will fit anybody else. And besides, it's cold out there, yo. Yeah. It'd be cold. So, yeah. I will be keeping these, and I'm on the decrease of the, the toe decrease of the second one. <clears throat> and unlike some people, I actually kitchener them right away. <laughs> Who would you be looking at? Oh, the cat that's somewhere over there. So that's what I'm doing. Peanut and her laser kitchen, lazy kitchenery. I know. Now I do have a little bit of unhappiness. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. This came out. So I have... What s- came out where? Right here. Oh, you lost stitches on your mittens? I lost stitches somewhere in my mittens, and that sounds like a children's uh, knitting book. Yeah. These are the swirly mittens. Yeah. Well, it's not too bad. Yeah, you lost stitches on your mitten, but... You lost a stitch down three rows, which isn't too horrible to rip out. No, it's not. Uh, considering I haven't gone uber-sensitively far. Mm-hmm. These are um, really pretty stitch markers, too. These are probably going to be put on hold for the Ravelinic games. Yep. Because, you know, as much as I love these, I don't think I'm going to be get, <coughs> going to be able to do these swirly mittens in the space of, what, 14 days mm-hmm. that we have. Instead, this is the Knit Picks in the color Wonderland Heather. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, some may think that it's an icy blue, but I prefer to think of it more as a spring color. It seems a little bit more aqua-y to yeah. me. Like slightly aqua turquoise. And it is going to become a shawl. Ooh. Have you decided on your pattern? Uh, you're going to ask me that, and I know I had. <laughs> Dang, Navitus Maximus. I showed it to a bunch of people. The one everybody liked, I decided to go against. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So which one are you going with? Or which one of which ones are in the running? It, well, at the moment, there's Henslow by Beth Kling. Which is very pretty. Yeah. 
Looks like a crescent-shaped shawl with sort of just a wide sort of lacy edging. The shawl looks like it's mostly knit. Most of the credit, most of the crescent is knit in like garter stitch or something. Mm -hmm. And the Madame Phelps shawl. Mm -hmm. Same sort of dealy, maybe like a stockinette background on the shawl with a sort of more, slightly more intricate or figurative lace edging. Everybody really liked Damask. Yeah, by Kitman Figueroa. But it also looks like it could be crazy making if it you're trying to do it for Revelonics. Yeah, it could be crazy making, especially just with the way that my life has been of late. If I yeah. was a bit more dedicated and I told all of my freelance or all of my other social activities, yo, stay away for the next 16 days. I got, I got stuffed in it. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I can do. But do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think it'll be one of the other two. Yeah. It is super pretty, but there is a lot of twisted stitches and lacy things in it. So yeah. So looks like it could be a bit complicated for this sort of project. And let's face it, sometimes with the Ravelinic games, you do have to take advantage of the time when you're on the bus, when you're standing in line, when you're... Yeah. You have to take advantage of the... You have to take advantage of every second you have. So the damask shawl really doesn't have that sort of mindless knitting area in yeah. it. You won't be able to whip it out in the car. No, not really. So it'll probably be one of the other two. I don't know. Well, I'll have to decide by, you know, this Friday. Maybe a coin toss. Oh, shit, it's Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Friday. I guess that decides some of my plans, actually. <laughs> Okay, are Did, you... Yeah, I'm done. Did that reality just hurt you? Yeah, I, I thought it was Sunday. I thought this sort of stuff usually started on Sunday. Um, so yeah. Alright, well... That might change my plans a little bit. Oh, uh, let's... Well... Let's double check. Maybe it's the closing ceremonies that are usually on Sunday. Yeah, Friday, February 7th, 12.14pm Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Okay, that might change <laughs> What I'm planning to do a little. Well, not really change it a lot. It's just I sort of plan on doing maybe, I'm, you know, I'm sort of debating or something. But I'll, okay, instead of being vague, you're done? Yes, I'm done. Okay, so I will explain. Yeah, because I had been thinking of doing the the Wallpaper Had It Coming Again mittens mm -hmm. by Ampersand Designs, which, if you look at it, <laughs> is a, it's a sport weight, Mitten pattern. It's a very familiar motif. Yes, it includes the motif of that fabulous white and black wallpaper at 221B. And the, you know, whoever makes that wallpaper is probably selling a mint right now. Oh god, yeah. The pattern, it's a free pattern, partly because the, uh, the person said that it was inspired by their 221, uh, 221B Nerd Wars dissertation. And they say, really, I shouldn't get any credit for this pattern since the original, original design belongs to, be the username is Before Sunrise. Ravel Ravelry username, Before Sunrise. But you can find her, the designer under Morgan Damerung, M-O-R-G-E-N-D-A with an umlaut, M-M-E-R-U-N-G. And she's the one who charted out the wallpaper pattern to begin with. Both a larger scale version and a smaller scale version. So this designer, Ampersand Designs, just took that sort of the larger, they have, they have a version of the larger and the smaller mm -hmm. version on mittens. Um, I want to do the one with the larger figures because you get more detail of that sort of floral motif. Mm -hmm. um, they just figured out, you know, how to place it on the mittens and put in the thumb and stuff like that. So they do look amazing. And I want to do them, or rather I have, some Malabrigo Arroyo, which I bought quite a while ago, as a possible colorwork project sort of stash yarn. And I have it in the black, as well as in the Jupiter colorway, which is a dark or a deep sort of pinky reds. 
it's slightly, it's sort of kettle dyed as their colors are. Now, when I was originally looking at looking at these mittens, I was sort of like, I really wanted those mittens and I really want to do them. I'm not really sure I want to do them in the pink and the black. I was kind of thinking of getting more yarn, but of course I just thought of this like last week. So I don't have time to order if I want to start on Friday. the opening ceremonies. Now I thought the opening ceremonies would be on Sunday. So I was like, well, I have Saturday off. I could go to Toronto depending on, you know, what my paycheck is like this week. But now I find it happens on Friday, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do it in the pink and the black. It would be pretty in the pink and the black. It's just, you know, in my head, the 221B wallpaper Just so you know, it's not a bubblegum pink. No, no, no. It looks like... It's It's more of a... In the darker spots, it looks a bit more raspberry-ish. There's a little sort of brownish mixed in. That, to me, sort of resonates as the woman. So it looks like Mm -hmm. the woman is at 221B. True. I don't know. I'm still... I was already kind of... I, I had sort of almost decided though that I was going to do it in these colors just because budget and and need to go and actually would need to actually go somewhere to get the yarn. Right. Which adds in, you know, which means it, it turns, you know, a $25 can of yarn into like 60 bucks for like... The train ticket. Ticket into, Tur- into Toronto and back. Uh, TTC day pass... So yes, so I, I'm thinking I might do it in the pink because it would still be pretty. It would, and I mean one, and I mean one thing is like, okay, if I do it in the white, they're gonna get dirty fast. Yeah, seriously, they're gonna get dirty. So maybe I will do it in pink and the black. I don't know. Maybe I will. I'm sure they'll be very pretty. It's not like I am not totally wedded to. I have to do this in the same colors as the wallpaper. So it's not kind of like I can do this in this, but I will be forever disappointed. I probably just very like very much like these. And this color would look really nice with my new coat. Yes, it would. My new wool coat. It would match. And I think Mary wears a raspberry colored coat in the first episode of Sherlock, or season three of Sherlock. So, there you could go. be a different woman. Anyway. Finding all of your reasons. But yes, so that would probably be my, that will be my, um, my project. And it's, there's actually a lot, sort of a lot of information in the, if you look at the pattern, or at least the pattern description, because they have made it or the designer, it, it basically provides you with a chart, so, like, you could even sort of do, basically do different mittens of different size by changing the weight of the yarn or the gauge of the yarn. Mm-hmm. So it's quite adaptable. And yes, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have 221B mittens. So you can take 221B wherever you go. Yep. But, but, as for what I have been working on, I, mostly, I've just been working on one or two things because, like, the last couple of weeks have been bonkers. So I basically just want to work on really simple stuff right now. That's completely fair. Oh my god. Cataloging is going to kill me. I don't understand Mark Records. I do not understand. But, um, so one thing that I've been working on, and which has been going pretty fast, is I've been working on the Honey Cowl by Madeline Tosh. Mm -hmm. And it's a really cute cowl. It's very adaptable. You can change it up to be lots of different sizes. Basically, it's a, a very simple slip stitch pattern. Pretty. And it looks really nice in variegated yarns. So I'm doing it in some of my Mean Girls Yarn Club. It's from the the fourth year in the Pussyfootin' colorway, which was inspired by Scar from The Lion King. Ah, okay. And it's sort of like orangey, reddy, browny. Think of like, not quite bright enough to be fire, more like autumn leaves. leaves. Yeah, that's what I thought when yeah, I looked gold. at it. There's some gold in there too. So, and it's where I don't have it with me, so Maggie can't see it right now, though she's seen it in I've seen a it bunch of times. And it's just working up really fast. It goes, it, it's a super fast pattern because every other row is plain knit. And then the only real pattern row, it's slip with the yarn in front, purl all the way across, all the way around. Okay. And then the other pattern row, so you do the slip with the yarn in front, purl, and then 
you do a knit round, and then you do purl, slip with yarn in front. So it sort of staggers them. And it's really easy. I haven't worked on it as much in the last week, mainly just because I've been super tired. <laughs> but I've been coming over from work on the bus. And and it gets sort of kind of awkward when you're in an, an enormous puffy coat. Yeah, it does. And have two layers of mittens on, because it's been super cold again, to try and get stuff out and, you know, pull off the mittens and start working on it when you're when you're kind of like the kid in a Christmas story, and you're like, I can't put my arms down! This is the stage of winter where we're all looking at each other going, okay, we're done, right? Yep. We're done, right? Pretty much. Is spring here yet? And then the other thing I was working on, mainly yesterday, yesterday I just sat down and, like, marathoned this thing, because I want to get it done! I... I was working on my Enora sweater. Check you out. Which is the enormous sport weight wrap sweater by Allison Green. And ta-da! Check that out. Ta-da! All I have to do, I just need to sew on the button that I'm going to use to close right, the, the wraps. Wrap. Or the buttons, I should say. There's going to be a very plain button on the inside because no one's going to see it. To hold the one side and I've got a nice fancy button to do the other one. I just need to crochet like a little yeah. loop on the end that I can loop over the button. And then I just need to weave in some of the ends on the inside. So how does it feel? It's nice. <laughs> Yesterday, I was perilously, perilously close to setting it on fire. Oh, dear. Because, <laughs> oh, man, the sleeves didn't fit <laughs> when I sewed them in. Oh, dear. There was, like, an inch of armhole that, like, they didn't cover. So I had to... Fudge it? I had to sew up to a point... And then knit a little gusset. And uh, when I sewed them in, the sides weren't, they weren't, st- they didn't make like a, an equilateral triangle with the same, at least the same two size. Okay. Oops. It was off kilter. So I had to sort of try and knit a wobbly triangle. And by that point, I'm just like, screw it. Just make sure there's a little knitted patch of something there. It's going to be in my armpit. No one's going to see it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's either this or the blowtorch. Oh dear. And then trying to sew the back, I tried to sew, trying to sew the back neck down was also like crazy making. And again, I, I did actually tweet the, I am so close to, I really just want to set this thing on fire. But I didn't. My kitchenering at the end of the back neck where you sew the, basically you, you knit this, um, edging up the two fronts of the sweater. Alright, yeah. And when you get to the arm holes, or to the, the top of the, the shoulders, you basically knit the edging itself in two okay. pieces. Then you graft the two ends together of the edging when you're done everything else. And you sew down the edging at the back of the neck. <laughs> by the time I got there, I'd already had the problems with the sleeves, the problem with the other stuff. So by that time, like, I grafted sort of the first part of it okay. I, I decided not to graft, try and graft in pattern. So trying not to graft the yeah. pearls like pearls. I was just like, screw it, no one's going to notice. And then by the time when you get to the end of my grafting, it's just like, I don't care anymore! I have too many stitches on one needle. Just sew them all together. Oh, I kind of feel relieved. I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> I just want this stupid sweater done. So yeah, I've just got some, as you can see, I've got some ends to weave in on the inside. It looks lovely, though. And then the closures. Yes. I'm done. I might do them tonight, actually, so that I can wear this tomorrow to work. She loves you now that you're yes. that close to completion. It has not been an easy relationship, but I think it's going to turn out okay. Okay, so that's been, of course, now I need to figure out what the heck I'm doing next, but you I think rent- I'm going to... Yeah. Ravel in a games, and then after that, well, after that, <laughs> yeah, we we did we didn't realize we were going to start this kind of a bushfire. Yeah, though we did, I I did kind of realize that I personally might be starting this certain project very early. So apparently, when we mentioned in our last episode the whole doing there and back again story scarf, a lot of people really liked that idea. 
and uh, they want to do a knit along. So, I mean, since this was going to be my hobbit along pattern, what we'll probably do is either I'll just start the hobbit along thread, like, in a week. <laughs> like, you know, a good eight months early. Or we'll start a specific there and back again, knit along thread, and then when it gets to hobbit along time, I'm going to just rename that thread. Right. For the hobbit along. Okay. Because, I mean, it is technically, it is my hobbit along project. But, yes, by the sound of it, a lot of people want to do it. <laughs> And it's slightly terrifying me. Though I did have the thought earlier today, like, maybe my Ravelinic project should be something simpler done in double knit. So that you can practice. So that I can learn how to do it. And if anyone hasn't heard the last episode yet and is listening to this one, the pattern we're talking about is the Varen Back Again Story Scarf by Frivolite Handcrafts. Which, oh dear god. Yes. Oh dear god. I'm looking at it again, and oh god. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Apparently there's somebody in the projects for it who was like, this is my first time doing double knitting, and it looks really awesome so far. I'm like, I hate you. There we are. <laughs> yep. There's the offender. Started my first double knit project. I have to say, it's a lot of fun. We love you, really. But they're doing it in Tosh Marina Light, not Lace Weight. Mm-hmm. So they're... Because I was honestly thinking about doing it one step up from lace weight. Yeah. So that it would be a squishy, you know, comfy scarf, not just something that would lay about the about the neck and shoulders. I mean, if you do it in lace weight, it'll have more drape. I'm just wondering if it might be slightly less crazy making if it's not quite as fine. Uh, yeah. I'm going to think about that later. Because <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, see how it is on its details page. That's a fairly narrow scarf mm-hmm. on a person. I wouldn't mind having it a little bit wider. Mm, doesn't look that bad. It is a. It is a. It does look narrow to you, but it's on a dude. See okay. Well, each to their own. Measurements. I don't see actual measurements of the scarf, but it might be in the pattern. I don't know. I'll have to see. <laughs> Plus, then I need to decide like what colors I want to do it in, what yarn I want to do it in. Because mm-hmm. I think this green on green is reminiscent of the, uh, the original cover of mm-hmm. Hobbit book. Yeah, it's definitely very appropriate colors. It's just sort of not my colors, so... Yeah, I'll have I to need think to think about, about it. I need to think about that, too. <laughs> okay, people, so we've heard the call. There is a sh- there is a demand for there and back again <clears throat> story scarf knit along. You got it. <laughs> After the Ravelina games. Yes. One uber hurdle at a time. Yes. One crazy making thing at a time. Yes. Okay, so shall we move into Geek Squeeze? Let's do it. Okay, so as we mentioned... Apparently yesterday there was some sort of, like, sports thing. Whatever. <laughs> the, impor- the important thing was lots of movie and TV trailers, um, including a new Captain America Winter Soldier trailer. More footage, more badass scenes, more, oh, holy fuck, I need to see this, and this movie needs to be in my life now. I know. Is it April yet? Is it April yet? Is it April yet? I think it's it's the 4th of April, right? Yeah. Okay. 4, 4, At least 14. It's, at least it's... Very early in April. That's true. It's two months away. Oh, two months away. Two months away. Oh my god. I can't wait. It looks amazing. And there's a lot more dialogue in it too, yeah. so yeah. you kind of get a bit more of a sense of what's going on. Yeah. And there's all sorts of, there's more hints of like shady shield stuff. My testosterone level just sort of, you know, got ramped up a notch. <laughs> I really can't wait to see a lot of the fight scenes in this. Well, it was a, a bit of an equal with the testosterone and the estrogen, because, ooh boy, Cap is adorable. Cap is adorable. And Black Widow is badass. 
Hey, don't mistake the testosterone for not liking it because testosterone is what ramps through our blood when, is what's running through us when, you know, we're having hormonal urges to <laughs> procreate on a severely needful nature. <laughs> I just murdered that entire thought. Everybody talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really interesting and I cannot wait, oh my god. And I really love that there's so much Black Widow in this, and she seems to have a really big part and be really awesome, though it still doesn't quite does make, make up, up for the fact, for the she fact doesn't that she doesn't own. have a movie yet. Yeah. Yet. I mean, we, we do have Peggy Carter mm-hmm. that is growing. It may still be there, it's just be out there in the water somewhere, it's just not come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. That's no excuse. Yeah. Well, especially because I think they've already gr- greenlit, like, Captain America 3 and Thor 3, and it's like, guys, Black Widow 1, please. And we get a lot more footage of the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason he's able to catch that, uh, catch the shield is because of that mechanical arm, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it's vibranium, because that's what the shield is made out of. Mm-hmm. And he hurls it back at Cap, and I'm like, dang! Bubbles! Yeah, and it looks like Steve is sort of rebelling a fair bit against some of the aspects of Shield that he doesn't like. Well, he, which yes, he always said he always he always stood up to bullies no matter how hard they smacked him down. Of course, the one thing that would really make me happy with this movie, we know, <laughs> considering there's another character who's a little doubting Shield's integrity at the moment in the Marvel universe. Coulson! I want me some Coulson. Please, Coulson, please be in this movie. Please be in this movie, or my life is not worth living. I mean, pretty much every single Marvel movie that comes out from now, there's going to be a small part of me being like, I wonder if Coulson's going to show up, either in the movie or in, like, a post-credit scene. This is like going to parties at a high school, and you wonder (laughs) if your crush is... Oh my god, I wonder if he's totally going to be there. I need to look really good just in case he's there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, hey, did you see that photo from that article earlier with Clark Gregg sitting in Lola? Yeah. I'm sorry. He looks amazing in there. But yeah, of course, you're the one who's going to have to deal with me if there is a post-credits sequence. This this is why I'm saying, but Clark Gregg, please be in the post-credits. Please be in there somewhere or else my life will not be worth living (laughs) with the mopies that'll happen afterwards. I didn't mope when he wasn't in Iron Man 3. No, but you might mope after the fourth consecutive movie when he's not in. True, yes. Plus, Captain America would be really appropriate. It would be very appropriate. Because he's totally a fanboy. He might make a phone call in. Oh my god. How much, oh my god, how much would I love it if at the end of the movie, like, all of a sudden you hear, like, car noise, if you see Cap doing something, all of a sudden you hear car noise behind him and turns around and there's Lola. Or, like, Cap is on some shield base or something and you see a black plane in the background, and then all of a sudden, there's Coulson. Marvel, (laughs) please. Please, Marvel. Please with the crossovers, please. Okay, anyway. But one of the other things that was, that we got to see during the Super Bowl was a trailer for the Fox Network and National Geographic Network co-production of Cosmos, which is a extension of Carl Sagan's series. And it's being... Narrated and hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. Because who else could do that? Like, who else could fill Carl Sagan's shoes other than Neil deGrasse Tyson? True. He is perfect. And the trailer looks amazing. The graphics look astounding. They do. They they really make you look at that and go, wow. Like, whoa, science, science is, is awesome. Cool. Makes you want to run somewhere and, like, look through a microscope. Show me cool shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, apparently it's starting on March 9th, which I am going to have to DVR that crap so hard. It's gonna be de- it's gonna be recorded in my house, that's for sure. Big science geeks in my house. I might have to go through our DVR specifically to clear up some space so that I can do it in high def. <laughs> Why? Why? St- why would you bother with standard definition with this? But yeah, it looks really cool, and I kind of want I want to see. I have seen part of the Carl Sagan series. Um, I mainly didn't finish because DVDs at the library were either missing or had been scratched. <laughs> so I couldn't actually watch what was on the DVDs. It's what happens to library DVDs when you loan them out. But I should check the library to see if they've replaced their copies. <laughs> the, the original series is really good, you guys. You should really watch it. Carl Sagan is amazing, especially in his way of, of making science relatable and just ma- and relatable and yet awe-inspiring at the same time. Which is what, you know, science should be. Yes! Because it's amazing and awesome in every sense of that word. And inspiring the new generation to go, cool, I want to learn more about that. Hey, Daddy, can I grow up to be a scientist? Sure, son, go for it. (laughs) Or sure, girl, go for it. Total orgasm. Does it matter if I'm a girl? Not a damn bit. Run, go get get him. Go get that supernova. Oh, and speaking of generally geeky things, also find, I think this was linked from the Mary Sue, but I'd have the, the artist's DeviantArt page. I saw it on um, the Mary you Sue. You go to otisframpton.deviantart.com. It's O-T-I-S-F-R-A-M-P-T-O-N. You'll find the A-B-C-D-E-F geek. He's basically created an A-B-C of all geeky things. With beautiful illustrations, may I say. Yeah, wonderfully illustrated. B is for Balrog. C is for cancelled. And it shows a little... <laughs> a baby a with a Jane hat crying. And it looks like a broken Serenity ship. Yep. M is for Marvel with Stan Lee. One of my absolute favorites, though. His T is for Tribbles. And all you can see is just a massive Tribbles. You just see Tribbles. It kind of looks like a Dr. Seuss <laughs> wallpaper, really. You can't even see the lettering. J is for Junior for Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. K is for Klingon. O is for Orca, as in the boat from Jaws. It's super adorable. I am. I agree with you that I am disappointed that they didn't have Doctor or Dalek. For, yeah, for, for D. D. They don't have any Whovian reference in here, do they? I know, seriously. Though there's Still. always going to be one of those geek things. Like, if there, you do it, a geek compilation thing, there's always going to be some major geekdom that doesn't get included. So fans of that thing are going to be like, but you need to include this! Well, he may have a number compilation coming out. Mm-hmm. That'll be for Doctor Who. <laughs> you could do numbers 1 through 12 in Doctor yep. Who. Very easily. So yeah, it's adorable. It's a, like I said, it's otisframpton.deviantart.com. The only letter that's missing is Z. But otherwise, it would be a cute ABC book. Okay, just briefly, because we are we are touching on this, and then we are backing away quickly. Because this is a hornet's nest. Because, oh my god, fandom, you guys, has been going insane. So, this is the Potter fandom. Yes. And uh, Which, really, if you want crazy, Potter fandom's where you look. Lives right next door to Sherlock fandom. I was, t- I was talking to one of my um, co-workers while we were on the way home from the Ontario Library Associ- Association Super Conference on... Um, on Friday, we were talking about how, like, you know, about crazy fandom, and we were talking about Sherlock and stuff like uh-huh. that. And so at one point, for exactly, I think it was in the crazy fandom discussion, I mentioned that, like, girl, I was in the Harry Potter fandom. I have been to the wars, and I have seen things. And the monster has risen again. Oh dear, yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. Because, uh, apparently, J.K. Rowling has m- made a little statement in an interview, which... Uh, then also got a inaccurate, at Ad- least as far as we can tell. Adaptation. And I'm trying to think, oh, the word is, is escaping me, but it's, it's an inaccurate sort of, or at least from the evidence we've been given, title to the article. 
that include this information. Because she said, you know, now that she thinks about it, she's not sure she put it, should have put Ron and Hermione together in the end. Now, not helping was that the article, the quotes that were run in the, in the Sunday Times, um, were on a headline, the headline of that article was, JK admits Hermione should have wed Harry, which at least from the quotes they have released, is not, not what she thing. was saying. No, 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 no. Now maybe she says that, apparently it's, they were preview, they've tweeted previews of the article. Right. Um, so maybe the full article has more about that in it, but at least from the previews, she just said it that. It doesn't quite, yeah, it doesn't come across like that. You know, she says that, she says, I can hear the rage and fury it might cause some fans, but if I'm absolutely honest, distance has given me perspective on that relationship. It was a choice I made for very personal reasons, not for reasons of credibility. Am I breaking people's hearts by saying this? I hope not. Um, well, newsflash. Yes, you are. So, yeah, I don't know if... Apparently, like, the interview... Actually, the interview is from an upcoming issue of Wonderland, whatever that is, um, which actress Emma Watson is guest editing. The quotes from it that we've seen so far are the one, or this one, or which will run in the Sunday Times. So, no, see, again... I, 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 can't, I can't agree with her on this. Okay. In Just in my opinion. Guys, that was an opinion, okay? That was an opinion. I just don't want people going off crazy. <laughs> um, no, see, I think Ron and Hermione are a good balance. They're, mm-hmm. And they were just like, just like in Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. It's like Darcy and Liz- Lizzie, were, they were cold and snippy to each other right at the beginning mm-hmm. and then something changed and you saw them supporting each other mm-hmm. and they became each other's worlds i don't know I, just, I mean admittedly when i was reading the books i never i always saw them the three as the trio yes of true. i never really shipped anybody within it okay you know, I could see, like, okay, yeah, they're putting Ron and Hermione together. Not that I didn't really see, I wasn't the ship, I didn't really see a lot of chemistry, but I can totally see how someone else would have, would have and how the author was intending it that way. Who do you think that should have, it should have flowed towards? So a lot of I people are like, see, that would be a very, for me, that would be an intellectual, see, the thing is, for a lot of these people, for a lot of people, like, when you ship two characters, you have an emotional involvement in this, and you feel that these two people are right for each other, as well as having the intellectual, intellectual idea of, oh yeah, that this is why it would work. For me, this would be a totally just intellectual discussion, because I just don't feel the shippy feelings. A lot of people were saying <laughs> that she should have been connect, had, um, set up with Crumb. That would have worked too. Because yeah. he was the first person to see her inner beauty for what it really was, mm-hmm. whereas nobody else did. Yeah, see, like I said, I'm not, I don't have the, you don't have the emotional sort of investment in the shipping part of it. Okay. So, so most of this is just sort of me being like, eh, eh, whatever. Being like, oh, JK. <laughs> you yeah. had to say this? Yeah. All right. So we put that out there. The hornet's nest is is out there. You guys probably already heard it buzzing, and now we're going to back away from it very, very yeah. carefully and very slowly. But moving on to other things. Yay, Benedict Cumberbatch! Speaking of not kosher, they got my panties. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is going to Sesame Street! I cannot wait to see this. This will be... A friend of mine said, um, yeah, but will he be better, better than Hiddles? And I said, okay, to be fair, Hiddles and Cookie Monster were not on Sesame Street. They mm-hmm. had their own little mini thing going yeah. on. Benedict will actually be at Sesame Street. Two different things. Cannot compare them. Is that them. totally confirmed? Because the announce basically the, the the news was announced through PBS's Twitter. It says, "Surprise! Benedict Cumberbatch sheds the serious Sherlock to share some laughs with these two. Stay tuned." And he's pointing to 
one character I don't know, because it's been a while since I watched Sesame Street and The Count. Hashtag counterbatch. Um, some of the That's ones that I've name. seen say that he is going to Sesame Street. Like being on the show? That's what it says. Proper? Not just a web extra? Uh, but see, that's the thing. I'm just wondering, like, With if this is schedule? the only, if this, if this is the only announcement they've made mm. of it, if they have not given other details to places, that other places might see that and be like, oh, he's totally going to be on Sesame Street, and yet he's, and really he's just going to be on a web thing. I don't really care either way. We get Benedict Cumberbatch interacting with Muppets. Yep. Which, And we've said it before, we'll say it again, the Muppet Show needs to come back. Yes. Amusingly, in the comments on io9, someone posted, I think it was from a t-shirt design, which has Beaker dressed up like Sherlock, and, so, and the person says, Benedict Cumberbatch t- looks to me like a human Muppet. This is a compliment. And he kind of does. Either way, I cannot wait to see this. I wonder who he'll be interacting with. Well, by the looks of it. The Count. The Count and other unknown Muppet. Yeah. As I said, there's still no... <sighs> as I said on io9, we don't know when. We just know it is happening. Karen just popping in with a little note. As you probably noticed, the video of Benedict Cumberbatch with Sesame Street characters actually came out the day after we recorded. Perfect timing. So, obviously, he wasn't on the actual show. Which kind of makes sense now, later, too, because he seems sort of like the kind of actor that, like, kids wouldn't really know who he is. So, makes more sense for them to them to do a little web video with Benedict Cumberbatch, because I think it's mostly for the adults, anyway. But, so you can find it if you go to YouTube and just search Benedict Cumberbatch Sesame Street. And then, I should mention, too, there is a very slight spoiler at the beginning of the video... It's one of those things I kind of debated about whether to mention it or not, because it's one of those things where, like, if I tell you there's a little slight spoiler for season three of, Sher- of Sherlock at the beginning of the video, then you'll notice it. If I didn't tell you, you might not have noticed, but to be on the safe side. So, teeny tiny little spoiler for season three at the beginning. So you might want to avoid it for a little while if you haven't seen Sherlock yet. or haven't been spoiled. But yes, it is adorable. Like, seriously adorable. You need to go see it. Okie doke. Back to the episode. Oh yeah, speaking of things that have come out recently, just quickly, because we have discussed this at length on the Rivalry Board, but they did, you have released the, uh, one of the Thor 2 outtakes that we had heard about. Oh! And that scene. Oh yeah! Guys, <laughs> if you have not seen this yet, you need, we will post the link in here, of the scene that they shot with Tom Hiddleston in the Captain America outfit. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing! And Chris Hemsworth said everybody was on set, and then Tom came out in the outfit, and they're like, we don't need you in that, you you know, it's going to be... He's like, no, this is the only time I get to wear it. <laughs> and so, so, so it's kind of amusing seeing him do his impression of how Chris Evans would play Loki playing Captain America, as played by Tom Hiddleston. That's, that's layers of... Uh, yeah, that's Inception right there. Yeah, that's layers of psychology that I'm not prepared <laughs> to deal with right now. So yes, guys, you need to see this. It is amazing. So, other nifty things. There is a fundraising campaign called World Builders. It's actually a fundraising campaign for, uh, for Heifer International. And basically, what they're doing is they're raising money for Heifer International by having auctions and a kind of lottery and stuff. So if you go to worldbuilders.org, the fundraiser is actually ending soon, but you'll probably want to keep an eye on it because it looks like it's a yearly thing. And one of the things that was done to promote this is this was one of their stretch goals. So it was in honor of the 2014 2014 fundraising campaign hitting their 
$500,000 stretch goal. Dude. Neil Gaiman read Dr. Seuss's Green Eggs, Eggs and, and ham. ham. You can find it on YouTube. Seriously, just put in Neil Gaiman Green Eggs and Ham and you'll find it. And you'll it. find it. Oh my god. Which is awesome. Yeah, so far, this year they have raised $645,000. Very cool. Amazing. <laughs> I love that the graphic just busts out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they have one of those little, like, bar, progress bar things that just sort of busts out of the side of the, the frame. There is some, at the very least, you need to check out yeah. Neil Gaiman's Reading Green Eggs of Ham. You probably will want to check out the store. I don't know how long the store will be, like, how long that'll keep going, because I know that the fundraising campaign is ending soon, but you'll probably want to check out the store at thetinkerspacks.bigcartel.com. And like I said, you can check out the fundraising campaign. Is that chocolate? Yep, chocolate, chocolate frogs. frogs. And in one last thing, one of the things Doctor Who fans have been waiting for is their first glimpse of what the 12th Doctor's outfit is going to be. 12th? And this week? Yeah, 12th. Despite Stephen Moffat's being all wibbly wobbly, wibbly wobbly someone actually asked this in comments, yeah. and someone else was like, oh my god, no, we're not doing this. Okay, okay. Because, you know, Stephen Moffat got kind of wibbly wobbly timey-wimey with the, well, technically, okay, technically, I guess which way, depending on which way you, you look at it, Davies kind of got wibbly wobbly, a little wibbly wobbly on one of the regenerations. I'm sorry, I said so I don't think else. anyone considered it. An actual regeneration until Moffat came along and just said it was. But so yeah, we're actually on like, it's like 13th regeneration something or other, you know. We're into extra regenerations, but for the sake of argument, we're calling him the 12th Doctor. Got it. I'm sorry I said anything. You would say. But yeah, so we have the picture of the 12th Doctor in his costume. So he does look like he's wearing a dark suit, which I don't think he, the jacket and vest necessarily match the trousers, but it is a dark suit. Someone else mentioned. He's wearing a dark blue, like a navy blue jacket and a navy blue cardigan with black trousers. Oh my god. Guys, it's the Doctor. Have you seen the sixth Doctor's coat? This is not exactly the biggest fashion faux pas. No. One of the Doctors wore celery on his lapel. Yes, and then the coat has this bright red lining on the inside that some people have compared to the third Doctor's outfit because he had, Pertwee had this, what? Uh, this long black cape with uh, a red lining. Yeah. But so, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, it's it's not that different. It doesn't quite scream Doctor to me. You, but said, you said that their costumes are supposed to be a reflection of their personality. Maybe not even always supposed to be, but they often do, like, okay. reflect part of their personality. Or reflect kind of part of who they are. Okay. So, I mean... And this one's been labeled the Rebel Doctor, right? Yeah. But rebel against what? So, I mean, it's not, you know, again, it's not Six's coat, which is a good thing. Because what the hell? Seriously, you guys. As much as I have enjoyed watching some classic Who the last few weeks, what the hell? Meg is Googling it right now. His coat? No. No, it's Tom Baker. Here. I think you need to put in Sixth Doctor, because otherwise you're going to get Series 6. Dude! That's... Bam! Your retinas will never be the same. That's... That's Willy Wonka at clown school. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Pretty much. Wow. So yeah, it's not that, which is a good thing. It is looking a bit ordinary. It it is kind of, you could do probably the same stealth cosplay with this that you could do with the Ninth Doctor. But, like I said, you know, a lot of it depends on the, is sort of a reflection of the the Doctor's personality too. So, I mean, it'll really depend on, you know, I'm waiting until we actually get the series. We can just see what this Doctor is like before I really pass judgment. And of course there's some little, there have been little filming photos that have come out, which, oh my god, I really want this new season of Doctor Who. God, he's determined to look evil, is doesn't he? <laughs> I know. You know. Oh, and as a side note, too. This broke me, people. <laughs> Karen so, was not nice about this. 
someone has just has created cards against Gallifrey, which oh my god, if you if this feels like something that will destroy your childhood, uh, don't look at it because well, basically I found it through an IO9 article from the 21st of January. It says print out the Doctor Who version of Cards Against Humanity right now, which will link because it's a really long, really long web address. So you can basically see the cards online as well as download the entire deck through Drop Canvas. Some of it is just made of wrong. Pointing at your crotch and saying, Alonzi. Some of the other, the milder ones are like the poor costume decisions that were the 1970s. These are the answer cards. Smoking a thousand cigarettes just so you can sound like a Dalek when you talk. And then there are ones that say, 16 feet of scarf bondage. Or plot holes so wide you could drive a truck through them. <laughs> if I remember correctly, um, Stephen Moffat taking a dump in your Cheerios. Yeah, that was too. one of them. They started, they got more and more <laughs> obscene as you went farther down the... Again, it's Cards Against Humanity. Okay, so shall we do Cravings, Covets, and Crushes? Okie dokie. I'm oh, sorry, yes. I did have the right title. My yes. brain just sort of went on autopilot there. Yes. Okay. Autopilot so, was good this time. Now, before we do Cravings and Covenant, well, before I mention my Cravings and Covenant Crushes thing, uh-huh. I need to give you something. And I have to give you something. Karen and I have actually not exchanged uh, holiday presents yet. Yes. So. Because both of us sort of did a, your thing's not here yet. Your thing's not here yet. Well, that makes good sense because yes. the things aren't happening. So close your eyes. Okay. Hold out your hands. Open your eyes. No, wait, wait, wait. Alright, it's a little, it's a little box. It's not a sonic screwdriver. Nope. Open it up. I'm scared. I am, you have no idea how <laughs> terrified I am now. Oh, don't be terrified. Friendship knits two together. Awesome! <laughs> cool, 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 cool. What it is, is it's a little necklace from a company called Spiffing Jewelry. And they make all kinds of, they hand make all kinds of jewelry, including bracelets, necklaces, pendants, keychains. They do guitar picks as well. And a lot of them are geeky. So they have subcategories for Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Star Trek, cool. Star Wars, Harry Potter. So you have things like this, which I got for me. It's a bracelet with the Doctor's Promise on never it. Never cruel nor cowardly. Never give up. Never give in. Yep. From Day of the Doctor. And I was wearing it last Thursday until I got to knit night and I had to take it off because I hadn't given you a present yet. <laughs> and I told you that your thing just arrived. I figured if I went wearing it and was like... Oh, I just got this the other day. You might figure stuff out. No, I'm not that bright. What they also do is you can also do a custom pendant or bracelet or something like that. And they have different, depending on the bracelet or whatever, they have different sort of character lengths or character limits. And they have a number of different medals that you can do. So that one that you've got right there is, it's a basically like a little swirl mm-hmm. pendant. And I think it's made of aluminum. And they also have uh, silver and copper and stuff. This is cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I went with the aluminum because I wasn't sure if you had any sort of reactions to other metals. Nope. Okay. Well, yours is in the bag so you don't have to close your eyes. Okay. Not wriggling anymore. Anymore. <laughs> is this a bad thing? And it's wrapped in lots of tissue paper. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god. That is awesome. <laughs> okay. It is a project bag and a fabric which looks like very familiar Blue doors. The blue wooden doors. It is not however big on the inside. But I want you but... to see the fabric on the inside. Oh my god! Take out the arrow bubbles first. Oh my god! The inside fabric looks like the TARDIS! The inside of the TARDIS. The inside of the TARDIS, yes. So you have the doors, the TARDIS on the outside. Yes. And the console. Yes. The control room on the inside. That is awesome! Thank you, Megan. <laughs> I had thought about trying to do a little felt, like, police box white on the outside, but I thought, no, that's going to get super dirty really fast. <laughs> yeah, it would just get 
sort of manky looking, but oh my god, I love that. That, uh, the fabric is from Spoonflower, again, and... <laughs> that is amazing. I just can't stop grinning. I should, I probably should have gone, they have two versions of this out, outer fabric that's mm-hmm. the blue sort of, like, crisscross of the doors, and I probably should have gone with one smaller, but it's still oh, recognizable well, as the TARDIS. Yep. I will have to have special projects to put in here. I, I thought that would be, uh... <laughs> Only special projects can go inside the TARDIS. And I really tried to, this is a different uh, tutorial I used for the box bag, so I mm-hmm. really tried to make it really boxy instead of some of my box bags can get <laughs> a little bit loafish. This is awesome. I love it. And now I want to cast on something so I can put it in there. This is so cool. <laughs> I'm just going to keep giggling and grinning all night. Oh, if only the TARDIS is filled with chocolate like this one, this one is. And your choice of doctor. Mm. <laughs> Karen went to her happy place. My happy face. I am wearing my happy face. You know, there were those little Emma Groomy doctors. If I made one of them, it would totally live in here. For the Olympic? Aw, oh, damn it, Maggie. <laughs> now you're giving me more ideas. Okay, I'll stop now. Because that pattern I found for the little eighth doctor was really adorable. And you do have the little Dalek that I gave you earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, on that note. On that happy note, everybody. Hope everybody has a good week. Yep, and, um. And we will catch you after, sometime after the beginning of, of the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yes, which reminds me. Like, keep watching the group. I will have a, a thread up and a team up registered on there soon. <laughs> Stay strong. Yep. Alright, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog. Knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit1Geek2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at Knit1Geek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Knit1Geek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on.